What's happening with it? This is Slink Johnson, a.k.a. Black Jesus, your Lord and Savior. And you're listening to the Red Rock Podcast Network. How you love that? You are listening to the Red Rock Podcast Network, featuring Pod of Thrones and the Shiznit. When you play the Game of Thrones, you win, or you die. There is no middle ground. Welcome back to another episode of the Pot of Thrones. I am your Lord, your King in the West, King Dino Red. And I have with me, as always, my right hand, my ride or die, the baddest motherfucker in all the Westeros, Lord Latone Hart. Um, Lord Latone. I'm thinking about giving up my lands and titles. I'm thinking about becoming a maester. I might go to Old Town, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> a maester? Not, not, you don't want to join the, the, the Brothers of the Black? No, 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 no. <laughs> I want to be a maester. I want to get all the information and learn how to learn all the history so I can distort it and make it seem like I did everything. <laughs> now, maesters, they don't have to give up the poom poom. That's only a maester at the wall, right? But a normal maester, he can still have a family and stuff, right? Well, he can visit a brothel, but I don't believe we can have a family. Oh, okay. Well, and pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably better anyway. <laughs> for it, yeah. <laughs> Why buy the cow when you can just rent it <laughs> by the hour? <laughs> I'm only going to need 45 seconds. But I digress. <laughs> All right. Well, this week, before we get into it, we got a little feedback. Um, First of all, I want to give a shout out to uh, a couple of my boys who gave the show some props. Uh, my boy uh, Gil Laurie from the Onyx Truth podcast, and uh, my other, what'd you say? Light skinned superhero. That's right, the light skinned superhero, and then none other than uh, my other uh, my other brother from another light skinned mother. Be honest from the No Nonsense Show and the uh, Rare Sonics Podcast Network. So uh, thank uh, to both of those brothers who support the show and uh, gave us some props. Um, <laughs> now I got some feedback from a listener, uh, David Navarez. He also listens to the Shiznit Show. So um, <clears throat> and uh, David says this. <laughs> he says I agree with Dino Red. The potato sack pastor is a waste. <laughs> He could easily be taken out. My guess would be that the queen's uh, the queen's well being is why he's supposed to believe that everyone is taking their time uh, to take him out. So basically, he's saying that he agrees with me that this them dragging out this storyline with uh, Bernie uh, Bernie Sparrow that uh it's it's just kind of a little ridiculous and not very v- believable but uh so thank you david for that uh feedback uh we appreciate it and thank you david and 
like a lot of people that are voting for Trump, you're wrong. Uh, the, <laughs> crown and, the crown and the faith have always had a relationship of keeping medieval times together. So we're going off. This is historical fiction and fantasy, but it's cool. I mean, you can, you can agree with Dino. It's cool. Of course. Everyone does. <laughs> All right. So uh, where do we leave off or where do we pick up from in episode six? What is the, the door? The door. We pick up. I'm sorry, Castle. not episode six. This is episode five. The door. The door. The door. We pick up at Castle Black. Oh, you know what? I'm sorry. I have one more piece of business that I I, for, I actually forgot to do this a couple of weeks ago. But I have for our fans. And I, I was going to not do it because it happened a couple of episodes ago. I didn't know if people still cared. But I, I asked a few fans about it that communicate with me and they were very interested in still hearing it so i'm going to go ahead and read it what i have is remember that prayer that uh melisandre used to raise john snow from the dead Uh, i don't remember it i remember her yeah but i mean she she prayed remember she heard praying it was in high valerian we didn't understand it Uh well i have the english translation of it and it's real quick so it won't take long okay and it goes like this We ask the Lord to shine his light and lead a soul out of darkness. We beg the Lord to share his fire and light a candle that has gone out from darkness, light, from ashes, fire, from death, life. It's kind of beautiful. Yeah, kind of sounds like the last time I was pulled over by the police. I want you to stop shining that light on me in this darkness. (laughs) Not a bad prayer. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead and continue now. So we start this episode off with Sansa at Castle Black. She receives a letter. A letter with the sigil of Littlefinger. Mm-hmm. Which is, what's his sigil again? His sigil is the Mockingbird. Right, a Mockingbird. And he created that because he's from a very small house. They don't even have a castle. Right. They have, like basically have a raggedy farm in the fingers of the veil, but he created his own sigil. He's trying to, he's really trying to make his family name Baelish a big name. Right. Right. Cause they're, they're, they're basic. Yeah. They're not even basic. They're like <laughs> four. <laughs> they got like two cows and, you know, maybe like a windmill, but they don't have like a castle or any, they don't, they don't have anything. So he's got his own sigil. It's the mockingbird. Remember when Cersei was like, Oh, you've created your own, own sigil <laughs> right yeah yeah okay great <clears throat> so we see it's little finger and he's in mole town do you remember where mole town is yes i do it's right out it's not far from castle black it was where um where sam tried to uh he stashed uh gilly there uh, originally was one of the places she got st- uh, stashed yes he stashed gilly there in a part-time job now mole town is pretty famous for having brothels right that's where the Night's Watch would sneak away to get get them some. Exactly, exactly. And uh, that's where Littlefinger is. Now, I got a question. Does Littlefinger have a moped somewhere? How does he get <laughs> everywhere before everybody else? Yeah, that's, uh, a, pro- that's a little problematic with the, with the show. Does he have Pegasus? <laughs> I mean, wh- how is he getting everywhere? I mean, he got to Mole Town quick. He said his army was at Moat Caitlin. Moat Caitlin is damn near by the phrase in the Riverlands. How is he at Mole Town? <laughs> Aren't they all at Mole Town? <laughs> well, I think I think uh, 
I guess from a strategy standpoint, it's better to have his troops hiding out at Mo Kalen than, you know, uh, horn it up in Motown. I guess. Well, the, I guess I understand from the story plot. If to get into the north, if you cross Moat Caitlin, all of Ramsey and everybody would see you. It's impossible. Right. Past Moat Caitlin, everybody in the north sees you. But Sansa goes to Mole Town with Brienne to meet Littlefinger. And she's like, Did you know about Ramsey? Did you know about my wedding night? I can still feel it. And I'm saying, Damn, Ramsey must have busted her red keep wide open. She can still feel it. Yeah. <laughs> I thought she was gonna like show him her back or something, and she had some welts on it or something like she made it really plain too she was like not just in my heart she's like i mean i literally physically can still feel it like yeah he didn't use no ky jelly or nothing no like he was still up in there or something that was like woof wow (laughs) (sighs) hopefully she doesn't get stockholm syndrome but it was interesting because Littlefinger is once again at the mercy of a redheaded woman wearing blue from a night because Sansa's like, you know, I could have Brienne kill you right now. Right. And it's kind of mirrors Littlefinger and Brandon Stark because Littlefinger tried to challenge Ned's brother, Brandon Stark, for Catelyn Tully. And Brandon was crazy. Brandon, like, was kicking his ass. And Catelyn had to, like, beg him to stop because he was like, Brandon's going to kill you. Stop. So it was it was very interesting the way they framed it because the Tully girls always wear blue and she had the red hair, and it, it really looked like, she kind of looked like Catelyn. And I think that's what kind of got him back. He was like, well, you know, if you want me to die, I'll die. I think he's falling in love with her, or has already been falling in love with her. What do you think? I always thought he 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 was going that route, and I was surprised that he didn't, you know, try to push up on her when he had her in, you know, uh, when he had her back at, uh, uh, at the Vale. But, Sometimes the easiest way to get a woman is to act like you don't want her. Maybe I don't know, but I tell you, I, let me. Let I know, huh? <laughs> I know. Sometimes it's best for that, you know. Okay, best get at it. Okay. <laughs> so, but let me ask you this: Do you believe him, though? Do you believe that he didn't know, or do you do you think he knew and just didn't give a fuck, or what? What do you think is going on? Really, I don't think, and I think because Roose Bolton wasn't particularly proud of Ramsey's, uh, what do you want to call it, craziness. I don't think anybody really knew the extent. I think everybody kind of knew he was odd, but nobody really knows how sadistic he is. It's I, not. I don't think anyone really knows. I, really. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. There's a lot of people who are in their fields about it, and uh, they are taking the opposite point of view, and they think that Littlefinger is, eh, you know, I, I get that. If 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 it comes, if we find out that he did know, and he did it, in t- you know, uh, with, I, without... Little- Littlefinger prides himself, and she even hit him with that. You pride yourself on knowing everything. And I think Roos, Roos even when he first introduced his his bastard Ramsay, he he was really kind of mummable. You know, my bastard Ramsay can get Winterfell back from Theon way back in season two, but he's kind of like real low-key about it because I think he always knew he was kind of like a mad dog. And saying you have a mad dog as an heir doesn't help your legitimacy, doesn't help you get allies. Right, so the, do you agree with Sansa? You think that, well, okay, because you just said that Littlefinger knows everything. So do I you, think he knew. I don't think. I don't think he knew. I think he knew Ramsay was, you know, was was Roose's son, and he could be a little odd. But I don't think he knew he was sadistic. Like that, he feeds dogs 
you know, people. Right, right. Yeah, that's that's yeah, that's that's what I was saying. Yeah, I don't I don't think so. I don't Interesting think he did. part of this is Littlefinger gets out of this and he tells Sansa that my boy, I would say that this is one of my top three favorite characters, the blackfish, Brendan the- Tully, is still alive. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Tells me when I when you dip out from a party that has a bunch of fat, ugly girls, karma will treat you well. The last time we saw the Blackfish was at the Red Wedding, and he was, you know, drinking a little beer, and about three little piglets were looking at him, and he's like, "Mm, nah, I'm about to go outside and take a pee, and he never came back, and he was one of the few people that survived the Red Wedding. Right, him and his little brother was the one that was getting married, right? Edmure. Edmure, which actually Catelyn's Catelyn's brother, he's he's their great uncle. He's the brother of... Of Catelyn and Edmure's father. Right. Which goes into my segment. Who the hell is that? The <laughs> Blackfish. Why is he called the Blackfish? He's called the Blackfish because uh, his brother wanted to marry him off when he came back from the war. Um, he's a he wanted to get some alliances. Yeah, and he's like, okay, you know, it's dad's dead and all that. We need to get you a married. woman, get you married off so we can make our house stronger and all that. And uh, and uh, the and uh, he was like, Nah, man, I'm 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 a I'm a bachelor for life. Like, Fuck. yeah, yeah. He's like, I don't believe in I don't believe in in all that. I ain't I ain't about, about that for for politics. Yeah, he's like, I'm about that pimp life. You know, my pimp hand is strong. I can't be tied down. And then because they were like, So Tully the- Sigil are as a fish. He's like the black sheep of his family, so they start calling him the Blackfish. Right. And he's basically a great war veteran hero. He's he's one of the greater warriors. And I remember the first time we saw him, he did the Larry Bird when they were giving uh, his brother the funeral and trying to light his ship on fire. And Edmure kept missing the boat with the fire flame. And he went over there and shot the shot and didn't even look at it, hit the net. He just walked away like, man, I know I hit this shot. Did the Steph Curry. This is good. Right. Yeah, so gotta love the blackfish. Now we head over to see a girl who's in Bravos at the house of black and white. And your girl, Arya, is getting served. Yeah, still. She's getting served, which lets me know that the waif has always been pulling back and kind of, you know, letting her think she's doing better. But she went Cobra Kai on that ass and swept the leg like it was the karate kid up in that bitch. Yep, yep. The waif is tapping that ass. I mean, Arya needs to fight like somebody said, World Star. She needs to like, she needs to like fight. She's getting fucked up. She even dropped her stick and was like, whatever. <laughs> I can go Limu by on, you know, hidden, hidden dragon crouching tiger on that ass. You still can't hit me. Yeah, she, she whooped up Arya pretty bad. And she made a good point. Like, uh, Lady Stark, you'll never be one of us. Which was which was interesting, which was an interesting theory because it's kind of like rich kids never really are great boxers either. Like, and then your boy Jackin comes in and says, "Hey, she has a point. You know, the faceless men were founded by Nat Turner. You know, not rich people like yourself." Right. And we a little history about the faceless men and how they were founded. Exactly. The many faced God came to a slave and, and showed him how to change faces and so on and so forth and ended up getting the bravos and building the house of black 
and he taught another slave and another slave. And I guess what they do? Did they go kill all the masters? Yes. Like free them. Yeah. It's pretty interesting. It's kind of like Haiti. Yeah. And then Arya is given a. She's given a, a, a what, what would you call it? A, a hit list. She's given a hit list. She's she's given a name that she has to kill. She yeah. has to kill an actress. Mm-hmm. A new assignment. Second new- chance. And apparently, the Bravosi Westeros history books have been revised by the Texas Board of Education because <laughs> got the facts all wrong. Like they got Joffrey as a nice guy, and they got Ned looking like Jeff, Jeff Foxworthy. He's all. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they really care about being accurate. I think they're just trying to be funny, and it, it was it was it was great. It was hilarious. Even it was, all, even I all, knew, as soon as I saw that boar, I was like, "Oh, that that's supposed to be Robert." Right? Yeah, yeah. It was all his little guts hanging out and stuff. That was funny. <laughs> they were, Arya didn't like that shit. She liked it until they until Ned Stark showed up. Until then, but she, Sansa, I, she didn't like that. Yeah, she didn't like that part. Yeah, Sansa. Shout out to Lamont, out. who's always about dragons and titties. Yeah. They showed some, showed some great titties on that scene. <laughs> Shout out to Lamont. <laughs> Got some titties there. I know you love titties. And I didn't need to see the full frontal male nudity. Don't do that again, Game of Thrones. Don't do that. I, that scene, I didn't know. I was like, did my TV, what just happened? I know I was watching Pornhub earlier, but th- what the hell just happened? All the women have been riding for uh, uh, nudity equality on the show. Really, ladies? You enjoy five inches of, of, of male nudity? Well, there you have it. <laughs> and warts. <laughs> <coughs> yeah, that was horrible. That might have been the worst scene I've ever seen on Game of Thrones ever. <laughs> and Arya is kind of, I think she kind of was in her feelings about it because the she feels like the Ari, the girl that played Sansa, is the one that wants to kill the lady who played Cersei. Right. And, uh, you know, she's kind of questioning. But my man Jacken is like, you know, a, a servant doesn't ask questions. And, you know, does do we only kill the wicked and, you know, decent live forever? No, the many-faced God doesn't care who we take out. We just, if we get a name, we get a name. The price is paid. The price is paid. And I, I don't think that's going to pay out well for Arya. I think her asking those questions and having reservations might might be problematic for the faceless men and her, for their relationship. Yeah. It it don't really feel like they feel in her. Yeah. And I think the waif wants to kill her anyway. And I see that coming. I see Jagan saying, go ahead and kill her. She's questioning us. And a girl is she's she's a she's a lady. We we can't keep her around here. She's not our type of people. Then we head to the cave, the cave with Bran. Bran is locked into the weirwood net, and we get to see one of the one of the heart trees. You saw the face on the heart tree. Yep, looked like the Jordan cry face, but it was in the heart tree. And we find out that the children of the forest created the white walkers with dragon glass mm-hmm. very very interesting now none of that was in the books so that's new brand new and what did you think about that i was like that makes sense because they had to come from somewhere and we know the children of the forest are magical yep. and uh 
you know, they used to have beef with the with man back in the days, the first men, the first men and and the children of the forest used to go at it. And I'm wondering, like, what the hell the first men were doing that the the children of the forest needed to create the white walkers in order to take them out because that feels like overkill to me because I mean, the children of the forest, they got, they got magic and they couldn't handle men. Like really? Let me me answer that. The first men are kind of like cavemen, like Cro-Magnon. So this was the age of heroes thousands of years ago. The first men came to Westeros across the land bridge that existed where Dorne was. Right. So, at this time, Westeros was only children of the forest and giants. There was no... No no humans. The Andals aren't even a society yet. The Andals didn't come until after the first men, like a couple thousand years after that. So what the first men were doing, and I guess I understand this, from the children of the forest, this has always been our land. But when the first men came, they're cutting down trees. They're cutting down all the weirwood trees. Right. And weirwood trees, there used to be weirwood trees everywhere. Like, everywhere, everywhere. Now, they're basically only in the north. Right. But they were in Dorne. They were in, you know, the Stormlands, King's they, Landing. They covered all the continent of Westeros. Covered all of it. But when the first men came, they started cutting down all the weirwood trees. This is a problem between the, the children of the forest and the first men. So they were at war. So much so that that, that the children of the forest broke the, the arm of Dorne so that no more of them can come over. Then... They tried to flood them out. They tried to create a big flood to flush them out, which ended up creating the neck where the reeds are from, the swamps and everything, where Moat Caitlin is. And they've been trying to do all this magical stuff to fight off the first men because they don't have great numbers. They were give they were gifted long lives, but not lots of numbers. They don't reproduce. So I think, you know, there was only like maybe a thousand children of the forest, but you know the first men come over here and they multiply like crazy. So wait, wait. So you're saying children of the forest they don't multi- they don't reproduce at all? I don't know that they reproduce. No, I think I think no, they don't reproduce. Wow. So you know they were like the first men are just gonna t- kill us through attrition. We can't go man for man with them. Yeah. Oh, also too, just to let the audience know that they're called the children of the forest, but they aren't children. They just look like children and they're small. So we're, we. Men named them the children of the forest, but they're really not children. They're actually really, really old. Well, they look like Keebler elves, but they're green. Yeah. And they seem to be all female. Hmm. I I was kind of noticing that. I haven't really seen a male one. They seem to all be female. So that was really the problem. They don't have great numbers. The first men come over. And and they don't have no dick. (laughs) (laughs) That's why they created the White Walkers, apparently, because the White Walkers... You know, the White Walkers would scare them off. <laughs> scare them off, scare them off. But I think they lost control. I think the White Walkers kind of did a Frankenstein on them. Yeah, they, they apparently the, the children of the forest went to the, the Circe School of Revenge and <laughs> got hoisted by their own petard. You know, it's like they created this weapon to take out man. And next thing you know, the the White Walkers turning against them. And then they have to team up with men who were their enemy, the first men the, uh, and the children of the forest, they team up together to fight the White Walkers. Yep, and they, the children of the forest and the first men end up building the wall together. Right. Use children of the forest magic to build the wall to keep the White Walkers north of the wall. Along little- with the giants and Brandon the Builder. 
Yeah, Brandon the Builder, who's the founder of House Stark. I found it interesting that that scene, that tree, that stone pattern is the same stone pattern that we've seen the White Walkers leave dead bodies in, the way it's kind of swirled. And later in the show, Bran goes back to that exact same tree that was in a spring type of situation when they made the White Walker. Now it's in the winter. So what I think happens is that when they created the White Walkers, they created the Long Night. The White Walkers are like are like winter because I think north of the wall used to be nice. But now since the White Walkers run it up there, it's all cold and all ice and all snow. Right, right. And that's why they keep them behind the wall. Like if the wall comes down, they turn the whole continent into Antarctica. Right, too. And also just to be clear that the they uh the wall being made with magic to keep the White Walkers north of the wall. That's why the White Walkers haven't crossed over the wall. It's not because it's seven feet high or anything like that. It's because of the magic that's in it is keeping them from uh from crossing it. So and that's why they haven't been seen on, on the south side of the wall in, in, in the north or in Westeros. Which is why most people don't even believe they exist. Right. Except for like Night Watchmen and people. And no one's no seen the White Walkers for years. Yeah, because they can't cross the wall. But we move along to the Iron Islands and we have an election. And my first question is, did Theon pay the iron price for that haircut? Because Theon got a makeover. <laughs> the king's moot. Yes. And the sun never comes out. In the Iron Islands. I mean, the sun is never out on Pike. Every scene we've ever seen on Pike is cloudy and rainy. And we see the King's Moot, which is basically a a debate, a town hall type debate slash election. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, I guess two people come in, three people come in, you give you a little speech. Whoever gets the most cheers wins. It's kind of like a Showtime at the Apollo. Yeah, like a little debate. <laughs> But I think the original location for Fifty Shades of Grey was filmed on the Iron Islands because yeah, definitely those what they the, all their blue gray clothing is like they got three different shades of blue gray that everybody on the whole entire island wears and it's like damn y'all have not discovered colors yet y'all don't know how to can't nobody not, all y'all women they can't none of them can make a a, a red costume or a black costume or Got no color there. No, yeah. None. No no variety at all. Just everybody wears like bluish gray, like sea gray or something. Yara thinks that she should be queen, the first queen they've ever had. So does Hillary Clinton. But it's not going to happen, even though Theon, you know, found his new job as a campaign manager and gave a rousing speech for her. And they were like, yeah, Yara. But then Uncle Ironborn, Euron, shows up and he's like, yeah, I killed my brother. And right. I got a big dick. And. Yep. Got a bunch of boats, and I want to be king. And they're like, oh, yeah, you should be king. So let me ask you this. Since uh, Euron made a big deal about uh, going to Essos and providing Khaleesi with the navy that she needs, do you think it was either him or an agent of his who burnt up all her ships? I don't know. I didn't I didn't think that. I think the Sons of the Harpy did that just to be assholes. they I, I didn't think that, but that's that's an interesting theory. I'll I'll spend some time tonight thinking about it <laughs> as I as I eat my licorice. No, I didn't think about that, but I, I like how Uncle Ironborn kind of showed up to the barbecue un, unannounced. He parked in the grass. He came in and got the biggest piece of chicken off the grill, and then I think I kind of learned that 
from from the king's moot, the most important thing is to speak second. Like don't don't have your speech first. Whoever has the last speech is going to win. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> Cuz uh the ironborn are not very sophisticated and yeah. it's like whatever the last thing they hear is, that's what they get excited about. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I was I was a little tripping cuz I did I thought unwatched Joel Orstein killed him. I thought he, you know Gandalf the Grey killed him in the water. I was like, "Oh, maybe he killed but their pledging process sucks. I don't know if I want to be king of the Iron Islands if I got to drown and come back to life to you know with no CPR just to, just to get the title. That's a tough pledging process. Yeah, I was gonna say I think he kind of does kill him. I think that's the whole point. But what I'm tripping off of, like, how do you come back without CPR? How did the water just? How do you just cough? And he's on his back of all things. If he was on his belly, that would have been a little bit more realistic, but it's super po- problematic for him to 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 pull that off on his back. Like, really? King Dino, because what is dead will never die. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> That's why. And I love his speech when he comes to life. Oh, where's my niece and nephew? Let's go murder them. Right? <laughs> but, uh unbeknownst to him that uh, Yara and Theon joined forces and was already way ahead of them, took their loyalists and uh, basically uh, I don't want to call it a mutiny because they didn't really fight against them, but they, they took uh, a good portion of his, of his fort of, of his men and all his best ships. It looked like they took all the ships. I mean, they dipped out like someone was about to ask them for child support, right? Out of there. They likes uh oh, and I think they're gonna try to get to Daenerys first. They're gonna try to get to Khaleesi first. I think that's gonna be their plan. You think that's what's going on? I think they're gonna try to. So basically, we're seeing the slowest high speed chase on the sea ever because they got a Euron's got to build ships and they're already in route. Yeah, I'm tripping. I'm like this. What? I'm like. How you gonna come back from that? You, you gotta wait for people to build ships. You know how long, how big of a head start they gonna have? Like, is, is this it for you for the rest of the series? Like, for three years before you really get after them. That's what I'm saying. So it's like the show's gonna be over by the time uh, he gets all his ships finished. White Walker's gonna have him ice skating across the damn sea by the time. <laughs> oh, water. What happened though? Oh, King, Night's King is here. Oh, okay. <laughs> He wants the king's moot. He can't drown him. It's ice. Where the hell is he going to go? He, he can't go under the ice. So we go to Essos. Well, to actually, where the hell is she's still in vast Dothrak? She's still in the Dothraki Sea. So we go to see mm-hmm. Daenerys, mm-hmm. who's standing out there with Jorah and Dario. And they're talking. And Khaleesi's kind of confused like a woman. You know, I banished you two times, so I can't let you stay. But I don't want you to leave me. Blah, blah, blah. I, I, I'm like, well, do you want him to stay or do you want him to leave? Is this a 702 song? I don't really want to go. I don't really want to stay. What What the hell are you talking about? Then he shows her he has grayscale. And she's like, oh, I need you to go find a cure. Really? Where is he going to do that? Where is he going to find a cure? I don't know. Don't know if there is one, but. There might be one since, you know, Shireen got uh, sort of cured or half cured or at least got the disease, re- you know, to, to stop uh, progressing. So I that- say fuck it. Just go around looking like Ben Grimm from the Fantastic Four. 
And let's face it, if there's 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 priestess out there that, and people who raising people from the dead and coming back from the dead eleven times and all this kind of stuff, so I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility to to, to you know find a cure for this thing. Well, Jorah's out there singing "Never Can Say Goodbye" by the Jackson Five, but I found a loophole. Remember when they were in Quaith or Wakarth Quarf? Remember when they were in that city, the Quarf? Yep. Do remember? That red priestess that had that mask on, she was talking to Jorah, and she was talking about how a man was going through, um, he was going through old Valeria, and that he had to have some special treatment in order to get through there safely. She was, she was doing some swirls, she was doing some type of patterns on his chest. It was season two. If you go back and watch I, that, I remember them being in that city and all that, but I don't remember this particular YouTube, YouTube it. She said. This man is going through old Valeria and anyone who goes through old Valeria needs this type of protection because of the stone men. Cause that's where Jorah ended up. He, him and Tyrion were going through old Valeria and that's where, so I think if he goes to Quarth, he might be able to maybe catch up with her and maybe she'll have some type of resolution. Hmm. Interesting. Well, and there's a lot of, uh, a lot of magicians and sorcerers and stuff around there anyway, a lot of magic going on in Quarth. So, well, I don't think it's hopeless because Daenerys wants him there, even though she doesn't want him. She wants him there, even though she doesn't want him there when she takes <laughs> over the Seven Kingdoms. So he'll probably walk into the throne room and she'll be like, I banished you, but I want you here. But don't leave, but stay. <laughs> because, you know, she's just crazy. On to Marine, where Tyrion and Varys are still trying to do their best to govern in the absence of Khaleesi. And they feel like, hey, she's not here. We need some new PR. We got We got We got to call up. We got to call up a priest. We got to call religion because it works so good for Cersei. Let's see if we can manipulate religion in in our favor. <laughs> so they call up a new red priestess, and please don't take her necklace off because she has the same necklace yep. Alessandre has on. Yep, sure does. Her name is Kenavara. Mm-hmm. And another shout out to Lamont. She has a nice set of titties. <laughs> I mean, that push-up bra is special. I think that's a requirement to be a red priestess. Oh, okay. Okay. I mean, she has more titles than Daenerys. <laughs> and I'm thinking, Tyrion, this might be a bad bad deal because anytime you make a pact with religion, you can't really control religion. Not only that, she just seemed too agreeable. It just it was weird to me. It was like, she's just like, she's like, you don't have to convince me. I'm on board. I'm like, what? Who? Who does that? Who, who, when and is, then, you when? know, metrosexual Uncle Fester, Varys, is like, <laughs> hey, you know, one priestess said Stannis was the prince's promise. You're saying Daenerys. I don't believe any of this bull crap. Yeah. How, how is Daenerys going to be a prince, first of all? Well, I think the, the, the prophecy is not gender specific. So the prophecy says prince slash princess? <laughs> <laughs> It says a person. I don't really think it, you know, the principles promise is just like a title, but I, I don't think it's gender specific. I think that the common, the common tongue has turned it into prince, but since it's in Valerian, I don't think it's, it's gender specific. Okay. Well, that makes more sense because I've been wondering this whole time is like, if it's this prince, this promise that leaves Daenerys out of it, but okay. Then, then my girl, she has Varys looking more worried than Dwight Howard at the free throw line. You know, talking about, do you know what the thing said when he put your dick in the fire? Do you know who it was? I know who it was. Yeah. It's the wizard. She's it's the wizard. Of I don't know who the hell was it. It was the Wiz. 
She started prophesying and blew his little bald head. Yeah, he was. He, that's the only time I've seen Varys look worried. He kind of looked like he hell? was shook. Never yeah. seen Varys look shook. He definitely looked shook. Yeah. But then she was kind of back down. I'm like, don't worry, we're all on the same team. Right, all, right, all, right. You know, she started playing. We're all in the same gang. Dun, dun, dun. Back to Bran, and Bran decides that he wants to, you know, try to watch the Playboy Channel while the Three Eye Raven is asleep. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and go in the weirwood by myself without a little guidance. You know how when your dad would go to sleep and you try to turn the V chip off so you could watch the, the, the nudie channels. That's what Bran did. Try to descramble the television. Exactly. Exactly. And can somebody get Bran one of those chairs that Prince Doran had from Dorne? Like, so he can, like, one of them wheelchairs. He's just crawling and scooting around. It looks bad. <laughs> like a wheelchair. Something. Good. Use some magic. Make him a wheelchair. I'm like, I know. They can't find some wheels to put on that damn thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now, Bran's first vision, he was in the past at that tree. This current vision, I think he's in the future. Because it's the same tree, and it's the tree he's in, it's the same pattern of stones outside, but this time he sees the entire cast of Thriller, and Michael Jackson just didn't show up, but I was waiting for the music. He sees all the zombies, and then he keeps walking, and then he says, oh, who are these guys, who are these ice guys over here? And he walks over to them, and all hell breaks loose. Yeah. Because the Night's King can see him. I, I, actually, I believe they all could see him. I don't know if those zombies, I don't know if those zombies see anything. Those the, whites, I don't know if they see anything. They're just kind of there. I'm pretty sure they saw him. At first, at first, it didn't look the, like they saw him. But towards the end, it definitely looked like they were, everybody was looking at him. And then the Night's King touched him, and I guess that gave him the access code to the tree. Mm-hmm. So he wakes up, and the Three-Eyed Raven is like, the Night's King, he saw you. He's like, no, he touched you. And then he got touched in his dream, and then he had a mark on his arm, kind of like Freddy Krueger. So if, if you die in your dream, do you die in real life? I wonder if the Night's King killed Bran. Yeah, I guess so, huh? Yeah, because that's what happened. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> it's linked. Because it's not really a dream. You know? It's not really a dream. Yeah, I guess I guess it's time travel in a way. Yeah, it's it's more... That's I think is the best way to describe it is... It's time travel. Uh, a lot of people call them flashbacks, but that's not accurate. They're not flashbacks. It's kind of time travel. Yeah. Cersei, a couple seasons ago, that was a flashback. These aren't flashbacks. Yeah. We head back to Castle Black where Sansa home ec class is paying off because she's knitting all types of uniforms and outfits for herself with wolves on it. And she made John a Ned Stark Halloween costume that he can wear. Which is good, man. I mean, it's yeah. nothing... She's got a skill. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If she doesn't get Winterfell back, at least she can go make clothes or something like that. <laughs> I mean, hey, so a skill is hard to find. Yeah. Now she wants to send Brienne back to the Riverlands because she doesn't trust a raven, you know, trying to get in touch with the Blackfish, which is going to be now. I know some book information that I don't want to spoil. Sending Brienne to the Riverlands can be very, and I do mean very problematic. And mm. I don't want to spoil anything, but sending Brienne to the Riverlands puts her back on her book plot, which could be bad news for her. Well, I'm not surprised because any type of road trip in in the Game of Thrones could be hazardous to your health. 
Yes, very, very, very hazardous to our health. The Riverlands is not the place for Bran to be. Now, where, the hell, boy, where, where the hell is Pot? Pot is there. Remember, he, uh, Pot is just laying low. He's just keeping keeping He's himself laying quiet. Real low. Like, I'm like, where the hell is Pot? I saw him on a horse as they as they pranced out of Castle Black. He was just on a horse. Oh, okay. But, yo, of- shout out to my man, Big Red Wildling. He's still swiping right on his Castle Black Tinder app when he sees Brienne. He's still trying to holler. Yeah, and Bree Bree is still not here for it. Bree Bree looking at him like, boy, bye. Look, she hasn't had a whole lot of people trying to holler at her. She she need to calm down. <laughs> Bree Bree being a little up. A whole lot of people trying to holler at you, girl. You sometimes you gotta you gotta relax your standards. I know you're in love with Jamie Lannister, but you ain't as bad as Cersei. And look, ain't nothing like that incest booty. So <laughs> might as well go ahead and get with the wildling that slept with a bear and slept with a seal. He can handle that ass. <laughs> Come on, he's trying real hard. I Me mean, smiled at her and she like rolled her eyes like, oh, what the? It, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but what's funny, Sansa doesn't think he's that bad. He was, she was like, I don't want to leave you here with these people. That that red one with the wildling. And she was oh, tormenting. And she was like, he ain't so bad. <laughs> he still feels Ramsey. So tormenting shit to her. Oh, whatever. He's nice. He's of the north. He's a nice guy. <laughs> That's funny. And, and Sansa's acting like Littlefinger now because she's lying. Yeah. What, what do you think that's about? The fact I think she's she's learned from Littlefinger. You don't ever let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. Sometimes you don't you don't you don't show all your cards. I don't you think that's what's going ever show on. all your cards in poker, man. You gotta you know you gotta bluff every once in a while. I hear you, but I don't think that's her motive. I don't think that's the reason. I don't think that's it. What do you, what, what speculate speculate? I'm think, I'm thinking it has more to do with like John knows all. <laughs> Uh, they obviously caught each other up on what everything that's been going on with each other. So John knows that Littlefinger delivered her into the hands of uh, Ramsey. I don't. Does John even know who Littlefinger is? He, he, yeah, he knows. At least he, he knows. Huh? How? How? Because when? Ever been south? How? He knows from Sansa. Yeah, that's assuming that Sansa told her. Yes, I'm assuming that because why wouldn't I? Because I, it's it, it it seemed like they uh made it they made it pretty clear to me that they both caught each other up on everything that's been going on. They had brother sister uh, bonding time, catching up on what's what what's been up with you s- since that day we left for uh, King's Land. Uh, King's uh, since that day we left Winterfield. You left for King's Landing, and I left for the Wall. And then that's- I, I, I don't think now we're just going to disagree. I don't think Sansa's told him everything. I don't think she told him that Littlefinger pushed Lysa out the moon door and she was there and she lied for him. I don't think she told him everything. Maybe she didn't tell him everything, but I think she told him enough. But anyway, my point is, I think that uh, she's told him enough about Littlefinger that he would be like, why would you trust anything that this guy has to say about anything, you know, and yeah. would be suspicious about uh, trusting, you know, the, the, the intel coming from him. I could see that. I could see the valid point. So we go back to the cave and all of a sudden the white walkers are outside. And I mean, these fools are quick. They find you faster than Sally may. They're like, Brandon come out and play. And the three eyed Raven is like, we don't have enough time. Time for what? 
time for you to become me. And they go into a trance while the White Walkers decide to walk in the house looking like the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Right. And I'm thinking the children of the forest, how old are they? They, 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 They're the worst dodgeball players ever. They missed every single one of them with every single one of those little bombs they had. They didn't hit one. Yeah, well, if they don't reproduce, then they got to be several thousands of years old. I mean, they got to be probably like... They missed every every single grenade. I was like, yeah, I'm not going to hit one. They got to be like at least like somewhere around 13,000 years old. If 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 it's true that they don't reproduce, like you said, they got to be around 13,000 years old because, yeah. And the funny thing is Mira, you know, that she was excited. She's ready to go. She's like, man, I, what are we going to do when we leave, Hodor? I want to eat something other than a moss sandwich. Yeah, man, I want to eat an egg. <laughs> you know it's bad when, when you really want to eat a boiled egg, where you're just excited about a boiled egg. <laughs> You've really been struggling when you're excited about an egg. You know, and all of a sudden they see their breath and they're like, oh, shit. Yeah. Back in Minnesota, uh-oh, we got to get the hell up out of here. Yeah. And they're back at Winterfell. Now, I was wondering, like, why are they back at Winterfell? Which was interesting, though. Who the hell was that? We get to see Ned Stark's father, Lord Rickard Stark, who is talking to Ned before Ned goes to the Vale. Because Ned grew up in the Vale with Robert Baratheon. They got fostered in the Vale. And his father tells him, hey, remember you're Stark. Don't fight. But if you have to fight, (laughs) win. (laughs) And it's the first time in the whole six seasons that we've seen Rickard Stark. But while all this is going on, they're being attacked. Right. Are breaking into the tree. The White Walkers just walk through the front door because Bran gave them the code. Mm -hmm. And the children of the forest are throwing bombs and missing. But my girl Mira got a dragon glass spear and killed one of them. Yes. And then somehow Bran is in the is in a vision or in the past and, and he can hear Mira and she's like warg into Hordo and he does in real time while he's in the vision and Hodor gets up and summer, everybody's upset about summer. Summer defends brand and Hodor long enough for them to get up and get out of there and rip to summer. We didn't see summer all year. Where was summer at? Who knows? I don't know. On summer was hiding out somewhere. It seems like direwolves only show up to get killed nowadays. Uh, let me make a point. Direwolves seem to die as soon as one of the Starks makes a fatal mistake. And I was thinking about this earlier today. So, Lady Sansa's direwolf got killed after Sansa lied to King Robert and her father about Joffrey not attacking that boy. So, once she lied to protect Joffrey, Lady got killed. Grey Wind, Rob's direwolf got killed after Rob broke his oath, mm-hmm. lied, and then Grey Wind got killed. And Summer got killed when Bran made the fatal mistake of going into the Weirwood without permission or without the Three-Eyed Raven to help him and got touched by the Night's King. So as soon as one of them makes a decision that's really you know, regrettable, the dogs seem to suffer. Hmm. Interesting. Now, I, I for one, don't believe that that this um, what's his name? Small John Umber. I don't believe that was really Shaggy Dog. Yeah, a lot of people don't think so. I don't think 
that was Shaggy Dog. So I'll just wait to see on that. But I noticed that that seems to be a pattern with the Dire Wolves. But rip to summer. Summer went out like a G. <coughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I'm glad that they blew him up so he didn't turn into, like, you know, the zombie summer and come back and bite people and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that would not have been cool. <laughs> yeah. And then... The Knights King walks in there with his hockey stick, and I knew that motherfucker was from Canada. I grew up close to Canada. Don't like Canadians. I knew he was from Canada because he came in there with the hockey stick, and he cut down the Three-Eyed Raven. Oh, yeah. And I thought that was like some great special effects, the way he got shattered in the vision. Yeah. It was kind of dope, man. So now Bran is all alone. And I think what the Three-Eyed Raven was doing was he's downloading all the information that he didn't get a chance to right now. Like he's super downloading everything into Bran. Cause that's why Bran could never come out of the trance. Hmm. Interesting. Never come out of the trance. Of course the whites are in there. They're attacking Hodor and, and Mira and Bran are trying to escape. And the scene that it has everybody, the internet went crazy. Was we finally find out why Hodor Hodor's. Yeah. We finally find out what Willis is talking about. Mm-hmm. So, Bran, in a vision, I guess in a time travel, goes back and basically gives Hodor a seizure in which all he can hear is Mira saying, hold the door. In real time and in the flashback. Right. Guess it overloads his brain. It, it basically makes him only able to say, "Hold the door, hold the door," which basically becomes Hodor. Yeah, now, the way I look at it, I look at it as kind of like it was like kind of like a loop, right? It like if you take a a, a mirror and hold mm-hmm. it in front of another mirror, how is this this endless images of mirror inside a mirror inside a mirror inside a mirror i feel yeah. like that's what happened to hordor and his mind kind of just like melted i think his mind's totally gone i kind of think that time is linear for every character on that show i think the three-eyed raven knew that bran was going to do that i think everything that bran thinks he's doing in the past has already happened i don't think i don't think he can change anything i think all he can do is fulfill his prophecy, his destiny, what he's going to do. I think he was going to do, because that shit happened to Hodor before 20 years, 30 years before Bran was even born. But he was there, and Willis saw him. Willis was probably like, who the hell is that? Well, that's yeah, that's basically the the time paradox that you have anytime Star Trek. Anytime, yeah. anytime you start fu- and anytime you start fucking around with time travel, there's always the, that time paradox that happens or whatever, but yeah, that's that's yes and no. Yeah, it's crazy. You could theorize about it all day. Yeah. Did you notice that old Nan, well, she wasn't that old. Old Nan was there with Hodor. Well, that's his grandmother. That's Hodor's grandmother? Yeah, old Nan is Hodor's grandmother. I didn't know that. Yeah. How'd you know that? Because I know this shit, man. Cool. Well, I know old Nan and Bran are very close. And she, she told Bran Hodor started saying Hodor after a horse kicked him. And he had a seizure, and that's all he could say. He was close to the horse. She didn't see it. He just mm-hmm. fell, and then she ran over there, and he was saying, hold the door, hold the door, hold the door. Yeah, so well, thought- old Nan in her story, she wasn't the most accurate storyteller. Now, she was very captivating and, 
Yeah, she's a great storyteller. You, right. you want to hear an old man story. Right, but but she wasn't one for accuracy. You know, a lot Light of the, on the facts. Light on the facts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she, she even admitted that at, at some point that all of those brand stories, because there's so many different brands that she would get them confused. And they just kind of all melted together and just became like one brand. And she doesn't really know which one did what. I thought it was a great reveal because we meet Hodor in episode two of season one. And even the showrunner said when they sat down with George Martin and got the outline for the story that them, him, George R. Martin telling him how Hodor became Hodor was one of the things that blew their mind. Like, did you set this up 12 years before you're going to reveal it? Like, so it's always been in motion. Like it's always been Hodor. He, that, that's always been how he became Hodor. Right. Vision. So it was a great reveal. It was, I was shocked. I was shocked and ripped to Hodor. Your watch has ended. I got in the elevator yesterday and some guy was coming late and he shouted Hodor and everybody in the elevator bust up laughing and they held the door for him. <laughs> wow. This, this has gone into the American lexicon like that. Like that. Yeah. Well, see, the last time I was at a brothel, there was a hole on the other side of the door, you know, and I was like, hold door, you know, hold, you know, hold, hold the door. And, and, hold uh, door. Yeah. Hey, hold, hold the door. Hold, 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 hold door. door. Yeah, door, exactly. And, uh, you know, so. And that was The Door, episode five of season six. Great episode in which we find out the origins of Hordor. We find out the origins of the White Walkers. And we see the seeds for the coming bastard bowl between Ramsey and John, which looks like it's coming because they're planning to go get support from some of the smaller northern houses. Exactly. Yes. All right. So let's get to the quote of the week. Who you got? What you got? Oh, there's so many good quotes of the week. But what was the one I really liked? I really liked Jake and Hadar's. I really liked his. Do you think that, that what did I wrote it down? Do you think death only comes for the wicked and leaves the decent behind? No, the many faced God doesn't care who he takes. I, I, that was my quote of the week. I loved it. Nice, nice. Okay, my quote of the week comes. Alessandra, where she says, you took me from monsters who killed my family and gave me to other monsters who killed my family. Yeah, that was that was that was pretty good. Uh. <clears throat> and I like Darth Sansa. I like I like her. She's going to the dark side. She's <laughs> hanging out with Darth Vader. <laughs> <clears throat> and uh, OK, who you got for kill of the week? My kill of the week was Leaf, who is <clears throat> the children of the forest, who looks a lot like Steph Curry's wife. I, uh, <laughs> yeah, I saw that meme you put up. <laughs> my kill of the week was definitely for Leaf, who is taking shots to the neck like a Bukaki pro. So I want to give her props, and I like the way she went out. She was just getting stabbed, and she was just she went like, out like a G too. That's why man, the people a lot. Summer went out like a G. Uh, Leaf went out like a G. I mean, you know, we had some hardcore people. This this was a great, especially this was a great episode, and that that last scene. The last scene was like all it was. It was everything. It was it was great. A lot I, I of had action. Watch it like three or four times, and the first time I watched it, I was like, "Oh snap!" Yeah, yeah. Well, my kill of the week is 
when Mira takes that obsidian tipped, that dragon glass tipped spear and chucks it at that uh, White Walker and dude just explodes. That shit was so dope. That's you my- know, the White Walkers are kind of weak. Like, if you hit them with Valerian or Dragon Glass, they just fall apart. Well, yeah, that, well, the key is you got to have Valerian steel or Dragon Glass, and that shit don't grow on trees. So, yeah, and, it, <laughs> and the funny thing is, is they don't seem to know it. <laughs> and uh, regular steel d- d- doesn't do that to them. So, break it like that. Yeah, regular steel they can they can just with their hand they can take it and it and they, they can shatter the steel. They make it so cold that it just shatters. Yeah. So and gla- uh so dragon glass uh and uh valerian steel and fire are all the only three things that we know of that that uh will take them out. So very interesting. Well, I need to get down to old towns. I need to get some of my chains. I'm going maester. Next week we finally get to see the reach. We've never seen any architecture of the reach on the TV show Game of Thrones, but Sam is from the reach and we get to see his father's home and hopefully we'll get to see the Terrell's home soon, but we finally get to see the reach. So I'm excited about that. And I believe this is just my theory between you and me, Dino. I believe Marjorie and Loris will die and the queen of thorns next week. Ooh, Marjorie and Loris. Wow. All the Terrells are going to die next week. I think that's Cersei's plan and the Sparrow. Wow. She gonna kill her own son's wife, dude? Mm. Yeah. Cersei's, Cersei's, Cersei's a mother, man. That's my prediction. What's your prediction for next week? I don't even know. I, I, I don't even know. I didn't even think about it like that. You know, I, I didn't even think about it. And I think Bran will still be locked into a vision. Bran doesn't understand his powers, and hopefully whatever the Three-Eyed Raven is downloading into him will explain him and help him because are there any more children of the forest left to talk to him to help him? Well, we've only seen a couple, but I think there's, you know, I'm hoping there's more. There's got to be more of them around than just a couple that we've seen. Yeah, I hope that wasn't all of them. I don't think that's all of them. I hope not. So, but yeah, they they they're kind of on there. They don't have Hodor. They don't have the children of the uh, any Hodor children did. of the forest. Huh? You think Hodor's dead or he going to be a white? No, Ho- oh, he might he he's either dead or white. In either case, he's not on he Brandon Brandon Mira can't count on him any, on on him anymore either way. She ain't strong enough to carry him. They need a horse so, or something. So, something. that's what I'm saying. They they're in some trouble. They're in some trouble because the the, the Raven's gone. Their whole support system is just gone. They just out on their own. They that's 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 not good. That's not a good look for them. They in some trouble. Well, quiet in the realm, it's time to say goodbye. <laughs> That's right. So we are out of here until next week. Um, you guys, send us in some mail. Let us hear, you know, you got any questions. Some people like to ask us, you know, stuff about, there's a lot of stuff that we don't really get to go into, you know, because of the show or whatever, but a lot of background information. There's people that are curious about. Uh, somebody was asking me about uh, the wildlings and, how did they become wild and where did they come from? And I was telling them about that. So, yeah, you know, um, if you're curious about that sort of stuff, we can answer that. So write us, you know, write us in. Uh, well, as you can hit us up on on Facebook under uh, The Shiznit Show or the Red Rock Podcast Network or on uh, my page, Dino Red, 
or you can uh, hit Latone Hart up on his Facebook page, Latone Hart. And you can always send us mail to the Shizness Show at gmail.com. Any questions would be good. We can we can go into you know to theories or speculation. You know, it's, it's all fun. But you know, I've read the books and I, and I've read a bunch of the extended the extra materials too. The Duncan Egg and I read the History of Ice and Fire, which is a great book. Remember, I told you to get that book. Yes, I remember history. That's a really big book, but I read that this summer. So we're always if you have any questions, man, let's let's do it. Yep. So with that, we'll see you next week. Holla at your boy. Network.